0: Welcome back to another episode of N Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have Games Editor Mark Kalaroff. Still haven't played Skyward Sword. He's still sleeping on that, that uh that long forgotten gem that has been remastered, recreated, remade for the Switch. Also with us the reviewer of Skyward Sword and Indie Games editor Campbell Gill.
1: I've still been playing Skyward Sword twenty four seven, nonstop. I haven't slept, I haven't eaten just Skyward Sword.
0: Yeah, if anybody's listening, Campbell needs help. So if you could go to his house Please. and just like tear the Joy Cons out of his hand, that would really honestly be good for everybody at this point. Um I have also been playing a little more of a Skyward Sword, and I've been very much enjoying it. It's been great. But that's not what we want to talk about today. We talked about Skyward Sword last week, and we're going to talk about it again in the future as I make my way through that game, despite Mark not having played it. Not He'll yet. Get not yeah, He'll get around to it. He'll get around to it.
1: Mark's continuing to be the heathen on the show. Just come on. Get with it.
0: Get with it, man. Uh, all the cool kids. True. Okay. Get to you Hades know, Campbell and, and I. The Warriors. cool kids. We're the
1: cool kids. The first time the English majors have been the cool kids.
0: And, and, and it won't be the last, baby. We, mm-hmm. We're all over it. So, no, what we wanted to ta- kind of start today's episode off with was, obviously, Skyward Sword, a very, like, despite what you think of the game, I think we can safely say a really great port to Switch. They completely remade the control scheme. They up-res the, the, the graphics. Like, it's a, it's a really solid port. Even if you don't love this game, it has kind of, you know, it has its defenders, it has its detractors. The port itself is really awesome. So we figured it might be fun to talk about, we've talked about Wii U games we hope will get ported to Switch. We talked about, you know, classic games we would love to get ported to Switch. But we haven't quite yet discussed what Wii games we're hoping to see on the Switch. So we figured we would start today's episode off with that. Guys, what do we want on Switch? What do we want to see? Okay. I'll let Campbell start. Yes. (laughs) I've yeah, I mean, I've got, this. I've got, a, I've got a few ready to talk about too. But I think Campbell, you should, you should go ahead as, as the, as the, uh, the comer upper with this topic. I think you're the one who's got to lead it off.
1: Yes, it's all my ingenious invention. So That's the thing right. that I re- that really made me start thinking about this was not only Skyward Sword, but we got the announcement of WarioWare at E3 this year, and that got me thinking that we don't just need WarioWare on Switch, we need Wario Land. And one of the best Wario Land games was on the Wii, being Wario Land Shake It. And I don't know if either of you have played this, but it is a really delightful platformer made by Goodfield with this beautiful, like, hand-drawn, cartoony aesthetic. It's not too difficult. It's just all a conventional Wario Land platformer, but it's just so beautiful and so nicely designed. It's a game I really loved on the Wii back in the day, and it seems that people have kind of forgotten about it in the wake of other good feel games like the Yoshi games that they've been making in recent years. So it would be really delightful to see that get just an HD coat of paint, maybe some additional features or quality of life changes, and put it on Switch because I think it would be a perfect fit. I would love to see what they would do with HD rumble or motion controls with that. So that's my first pick for a game that I think would be fantastic to come from the Wii to the Switch.
0: That's that a one great GameCube choice.
1: Would be really great. Mm, yeah, that would be a totally different choice, but that would still be cool.
0: Any Wario content would be great. Like we got our WarioWare coming up in a couple months here, or is it even a couple of weeks? I think it might be sooner than I'm than I'm anticipating. But any Wario content, G- give me more Wario, please. Is how I feel about it. Yeah, Campbell, that's a great pick. What uh, what else you got, man? Or do you want to <laughs> do we want to kind of do we want to kind of round robin this? You guys tell me.
1: Well, if you want me, just keep. Talking nonstop about Wii games, I can always do that. Uh, no, we should we should probably pass it around a little. Uh, fine. My my, <laughs> my, fr- my
0: first choice, my first choice is simple, but also shocking that it's not a, there's not a better option available for it on the Switch. Wii Sports. Oh. Like, give me, give me Switch Sports. You know what I mean? Like, it's so simple. Put it on Switch. Be a great party game. Wii Sports is super fun for what it was, like, why not give me the same exact game, maybe a couple more mini-games, like, I don't know. I would love to have Wii Bowling or Wii Tennis available on the Switch. Like, I know there's, there's, like, knockoff sports games, but nothing quite with the appeal of the Wii version, so that's what I want to see on Switch. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that they haven't done that yet.
1: Well, important question then, though. How do they translate that to handheld mode?
0: Sure. Well, I mean, that's I guess that's the question. Like Ring Fit Adventure, you can't really do handheld. You kind of can. You can pop the Joy-Con off and and set your and set your uh, your switch down with a little kickstand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe it's something like that where it's like, hey, this game is best played with the Joy-Cons detached, but it's also available in this other way. Like, I, I think I don't know. I think it's I think they just bite the bullet and make a game that's not handheld only, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. That would really be neat, actually, because Wii Sports ha- is has always been inherently tied to the Wii as a console, right? But not as a game in its own right per se. So playing it on a new platform would be interesting to see how it stands on its own as just its own game, rather than being tied to the platform at that point. So seeing how they could translate it, that would be that would be a fascinating pick. I'd love to see Nintendo try that out.
0: Right. It's like I don't think I'm. Grassing at straws here, I think it's like a pretty... people would buy that. Even if even if it was the exact same thing, just ported to Switch, I think people would still go nuts for
1: it. But what would they call it at that point? Would it be Wii Sports Plus? New, Switch Wii new, Sports? New Wii Sports Plus Switch version. There you go. You have to have the Switch version at the end. <laughs> exactly. Wait, now uh, I'm thinking about it again. We have the Dante from Devil May Cry me costume in Smash what if they added that into Wii Sports on Switch so you could play as your Dante me in Wii Sports? See, this is, Campbell, this is why
0: you're the idea man. Like, this is a great
1: idea. (laughs) Yo, look, I'm coming up with all this stuff from Nintendo's headquarters. I'm still stuck in that little box, hiding in there. Doug's just over at the corner. I'm listening to all his conversations. This is in the works.
0: Thank you. Gosh, we appreciate your efforts, man. I know it's been a rough rough time to get there.
1: Mm -hmm. Anything for the team. (laughs)
2: uh mark what about you man uh so i was thinking of a few games i actually had three in mind and one of them has three games in it so i'll start with that one which is obviously metroid prime trilogy i think it's gonna happen in the future i bet it's already made they're just like holding it off for metroid prime 4 because who has played those games in a long time? And they're probably want to, you know, just get it into a bigger audience. So I think that one's guaranteed to happen. But the ones I don't think are guaranteed to happen are The Last Story and Pandora's Tower. And those were part of Operation Rainfall, which was a project to get three games uh, over to America. And one of them did, which was Xenoblade Chronicles. And the other two eventually did too, but they didn't sell as well. And not a lot of people just got to play them.
1: You're ripping my heart out, man. I had the last story on my list of games I want to see come oh, over. Damn. I feel like it is possible, though. I, I don't want to put too much stock in rumors, but I believe there have been ratings for the last story on Switch. There have been store listings for the game coming to Switch. I'm holding up hope. to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great, especially to have that stand alongside Xenoblade as these great Wii RPGs that get a better chance to shine on new hardware. That would be fantastic.
2: And then no one talks about Pandora's Tower. It's best not to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? I have no Was idea. I, oh, honestly, I, know either. I, I just know that it's not as widely beloved as the other games. Um, I remember watching some YouTube videos about it a long time ago, and it, the, the the opinion seems divided on it, but I'm not mm. super informed on it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I know nothing about it. Like, you, you, you guys know my stance on Xenoblade, which is I ain't never you gonna gotta play, play it. it. I, ain't, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> but you it's gotta... Not... It's not gonna happen. Best
1: man. fifty hours of your life, come on. I don't have
0: fifty <laughs> hours, Campbell. I don't have it. You're Are right, you Campbell. Dying Campbell. He has seventy five. He can fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh guys, I just I can't do it. I'll say. here's what I'll say. If you guys if you guys fund my Xenoblade Chronicles experience, I will I will play that game. If you if you each you know, you, you split it down the middle and send a copy to me. I will Damn. play that game. How about that?
1: I am hopping off this podcast right now. I'm going to <laughs> run to GameStop, grab a copy. You are going to play this.
0: Campbell's Campbell's logging into his Amazon account right now. He's like, let's send a drone over with a copy of the game right now. Let's do
1: mm-hmm. it. It's just going to shoot the copy of the game through your window. You have to play it now.
0: Terrifying.
2: But mm-hmm. frankly, yes, I would play it. When um, Xenoblade Chronicles came out, quick story, um, I got to review it early for Switch, and they gave it to me a month early.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: So... After the game came out, I was waiting for the price drop for the longest time since I wanted a physical. And then, like two months ago, I finally got a physical on eBay for thirty bucks, sealed.
0: Not bad. So you got so you got the code to review, but then you you picked up a physical when you had the chance. Yeah, because I bad. just love
2: Xenoblade Chronicles. I have it on Wii yeah. and 3DS. So
0: I think that's the, the best well. way to support best way to support the developers you love. Is you know get the, get those copies when you can you know
1: specifically off of eBay so that we can just be a Oops, of uh, course. Campbell,
0: Campbell, what else you got for, for for Wii games? What else do you want to see?
1: So here's another kind of niche game that I really want to see get a second chance on the Switch. And I started thinking about this, thinking about all the Platinum games that have been coming over to Switch recently. We have Wonderful 101. We have new games like Astral Chain. But Mad World on the Wii has remained oh. as a strange, one of those weird handful of M-rated games huh. on the Wii that from, from everything I know, from people I know who have played it, I've not played it myself, but I know people who have, and it seems fantastic, the music's great, the style's amazing, it would be wonderful to see that get a wider audience on Switch. And I was really thinking about it as well, seeing No More Heroes get to, uh, come, to come to Switch now. So it would be wonderful to see that happen.
0: That's the one with the yeah. black and white look, right? Exactly. It looks, yeah. it looks like a like a Frank Miller novel. It looks like Sin mm-hmm. City or yeah. something. Yeah. Like really highly stylized, heavy, dark outlines, but white. Everything else is white except for the blood, which is bright red. It's really um, stylish. It has
1: like yeah. these sports commentators talking about your every move. It's just so stupid and irreverent over the top yeah. violence. I, it's such a weird game would, on
0: the Wii. It's a very odd choice for the Wii. I wonder if it would hold up. I I, I never played that one. I remember reading reviews of it or previews of it or something and being like this is crazy i can't believe this is coming to wii and then i i just kind of i just never picked it up so yeah that, that'd be that's a great choice wow
1: yeah that's part of the the interest in seeing it come to new platforms will it hold up without the novelty factor of I me mean, like he hee, i'm playing the game with blood on the on the kitty console right <laughs> yeah that's
0: a yeah that's a great choice it's like those kinds of games the ones that are like oh it's shock value It's always kind of interesting to revisit them to be like, are they actually shocking? Do they hold up? Is there something here beyond the surface level shock value? And it's, I I feel like maybe it would be, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel like there are some games that have a shock value just in terms of being over-the-top violence or other suggestive content or anything like that where it might not hold up. But in this sense, if this if this game were on any other platform, it wouldn't have stuck out all that much as being particularly gruesome, right? Because you have, sure, you have sure. blood and stylish games on Xbox and PlayStation or whatever. It was just because it was on Wii that it seemed so different. So it would it would be on a bit more of an even playing field on modern hardware.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, yeah, that's a, a fantastic point. My, in my, my cursory list of, I just I just popped onto Wikipedia here for like Wii games, a complete list of Wii games. So of course I want to see Coldstone Creamery scoop it up. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's what I want to see the Wii port to Switch because I think we forget how much how much shovelware was on the Wii like it's crazy the amount of just bafflingly bad games that were just like oh it's got motion controls put it on Wii like it'll sell and then it did you know so i don't know i, I, I it would be hilarious to see some kind of a some kind of a i don't know like a like a 50 pack of just crappy shovelware <laughs> games you know whether it's the branded stuff like the coldstone i can only imagine mm-hmm. this is a all Cold those Stone. hunting games that are in the bargain Do You know bin what I mean? All dollar. the terrible hunting games. Um, you know, there's a million tennis games, like all that kind of stuff. A bunch of dance games, you know. I don't know. I would I would love to see some kind of weird collection of those games. Just to just 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 as a historical artifact of like, hey, these games, they used to be the this is the kind of stuff that was out on the Wii. And now we put it on Switch. Like, why not? Let's let's keep it going.
1: I mean, we already have Go Vacation on Switch, which is a pretty <laughs> strong example of that, and 2K <laughs> Carnival games. So, unfortunately, people are trying to resurrect that shovelware on the Switch. And- but is it oh, working,
0: yeah. Campbell? That's what mm. I'm saying, man. Is it working? It's not good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. As um, God intended. <laughs> it's because you have less grandmas owning Switches than they owned Wii's. Of course. That's
0: yeah, that's probably a good point. But yeah, I was I mean that was that was kind of a joke, but also like, you know, where is it? <laughs> bring bring
1: me my Nintendo. <laughs> a joke yet also a legitimate good point because I want ice cream on my Nintendo Switch. Come I, on, wanna, Nintendo.
0: I wanna I want to simulate a Coldstone employee making ice cream on that stone slab and serving <laughs> it up to I want to I wanna I wanna when they tip me, I wanna do a motion controlled dance.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, give me that minimum wage switch experience. <laughs>
0: that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Finally, um... you need to
1: feel the change, just like shimmering in the in the Joy Cons, which each rumble.
0: <laughs> each each penny is a uh... yeah yeah that, that's very <laughs> funny. Um, I don't know, Mark. What else you got? Any other big ones jump out at you? Uh, pff, not really. <laughs> yeah, there's not too much that was like Wii exclusive, unless Campbell has more.
1: I have to... more. please
0: take it it away go for it
2: (laughs) i can only think of like two more games like super paper mario
1: that was the next one i was going to mention okay there
0: you go yeah super
1: paper mario gets a bad rap these days because it wasn't the thousand year door right but even for what it was it was a really great brilliantly written platformer rpg hybrid experience it was so weird but it's unlike anything else that you have both in the Paper Mario series or in the Mario series as a whole. It's just a really quirky time, and I would love to see it get another chance on the Switch because at the time it was mired in a lot of controversy because like, oh man, where are the turn-based battles? Where's the deep story? But now with the, the Paper Mario series having gone in such a different direction from then on, it would be cool to see a modern reception to it. And if they could throw in, of course, as Nintendo always does, experimenting with hd rumble or perhaps motion controls it would be fun to see how they adapt that so that's that's one that i would really love to see come to switch
0: yeah that's a good point uh, there's there's like two games that i that i think about that are like they're not good games but i would love to see them on switch um only purely for novelty sake uh red steel slash red steel 2 which was such, it was hyped up so much before the Wii came out. It was like a highly stylized first person game. You had a, a, a samurai sword and a gun, and those were all motion controlled. So it's like you could slash, you could aim and shoot with the gun. And apparently, Red Steel 2 was actually pretty good because it used the Wii Motion Control Plus. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if those games are actually good. You, you guys both had Wii's. You tell me if you played them and thought they were anything worth talking about. But uh, didn't play them. <laughs> I did not play them. They're not worth really okay. talking about. Well, there you go. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I feel like for novelty's sake, I, I'd love to see them uh, on the on the Switch. And there was another one too. I, I think I I could be wrong. I think it was called the Conduit. It was kind of like a like it's it's like a like an American history action game, kind of like National Treasure. There's conspiracies. There's stuff going on, but there was like aliens involved. So you had like an like it's a first-person shooter. that was all motion-controlled. And uh, I'm trying to remember what like the gimmick was, but I, I know it was a, a first-person motion-controlled shooter. It's not like you need more of those, but it's like that was so much of the Wii's like library was like knockoff versions of the same kind of game. And again, I don't know if this game was actually any good. I'm pretty sure it was called the Conduit. It may have gotten a sequel. I don't think it was. I don't think it was well reviewed. But again, for novelty's sake, put it on Switch. Like I want to. I want to. I want to play it, and imagine what it was like to play it back in 2008, you know? Is that
1: an insane thing to wish for? No, it's a brilliant thing to wish for. I'm just looking at the Conduit's Wikipedia page, and I can tell you that uh, it received mixed to positive reviews, meaning that it definitely deserves (laughs) a a new lease on life.
0: That's what I'm saying. Next to positive, that's not bad. Like, I'll take a seven out of ten game. Like, let's do it. Let's
1: go. Game Informer literally gave it seven out of ten, so it's perfect. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, Eurogamer gave it five out of ten. Let's not listen to them.
0: Ah, okay, all right. Well, listen, I, I would buy it on sale. You know, that's that's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying is give me the amount of times I hop onto the eShop, It's like ten o'clock at night. I'm like, ah, I just want to. I want to play something new. And there, you know, that you scroll past the the obvious shovelware, you find a couple games that are like, Oh, I've heard this is good. Like you your Axiom verges, whatever. Like the, the stuff that's always on sale, but like you, you never know whether or not to pull the trigger. I would love a few more of those just where it's like, oh I've heard this is okay. But I, yeah, I'll spend five dollars on that. Like that that's that's what I want
1: more. And you know, does that does that make sense? Yeah, and that's why we need more Wii ports. Because that's as we've exactly just right. discussed, there were so many awful wii games wii shovelware that gave the whole platform a bit of a bad name in the wider gaming narrative right but if we get these ports on here we can highlight what the console had going for it that would be really lovely that we could kind of redeem that legacy in a way and just enhance the current library preserve gaming history there are just so many positives let's do it y'all let's do it
0: yeah i i i wholeheartedly agree with you um but that being said, uh, we're, we're going to take a quick little break, and uh, we're going to come back and hit you with the stuff that, rather than, than wish for things that aren't on the Switch, we're going to talk about the stuff that's already on the Switch, have kind of a brief catch-up session about the games of the year so far and what we think of them. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back. <laughs> It's been a, honestly, despite COVID, despite delays, despite all kinds of crazy stuff happening in the industry, it's been a pretty solid year for games, in my opinion. So we we thought it might be fun to talk about some of our favorite games that are out on the Switch from 2021 so far. Obviously, this fall is going to be a banger. We got Shin Megami Tensei V. We got WarioWare. We got Metroid Dread. There's so many games coming out this fall. But we thought it might be interesting to at least kind of sum up some of our favorite experiences that we've that we've played so far, and then kind of talk about the critical consensus. Like, what, what do we think the frontrunners are for for Game of the Year, if any? Uh, so, Mark, why don't you take it away there? So,
2: I'm gonna start with the personal pick because sure. I want to. Uh, so far, my favorite game of the year. Uh, was Persona 5 Strikers. I really, really enjoyed that. That's honestly my favorite game of the year so far. It was the game I put the most amount of time into, and it was just the one I had the most entertainment out of. And I already love Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal, so that might, you know, add some bias to it. But just the whole story of it was so well executed, and the new characters really added a lot to the original Persona story. So that's the real main reason I like it. I know that some people why they say oh the gameplay can get repetitive, even though it has. I think it's seven characters you get to play as, or maybe eight. But um, yeah, I, I see the complaints against it, but
0: I'm still gonna say that it's been my favorite of the year. Yeah, Mark. Ever since you came on the podcast to talk about it, this has been one of the games that has always been on my. I like every every couple of weeks I'll give like a Google search of like. Is Persona Five Strikers on sale? You know what I mean, and uh, it's it's dipped a few times, but I think in like a I don't know I think I might finally pull the trigger uh, pretty pretty soon on this game because like the the more I hear about it, the more I watch gameplay, the more I'm like ah I, I gotta play this freaking game. Um, so that and you guys already chain.
2: know that uh,
0: you know I'm not a huge
2: fan of these warriors games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I really <laughs> yeah. want to play Hyrule Warriors. I haven't gotten to that yet, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it just this one was just so compelling because of the story. The story was just so well done. It's honestly the best narrative on Switch. Like just looking at okay.
0: story wise. Okay. Wait All a minute. Right. Wait a second. Let's everybody calm down. Let's <laughs> we're going to
1: come back to that. But you played Zendelblade um, on Switch. No, no. Like I mean like for the year,
2: not like in total. Okay. He I think it's 2021. Yeah. He means yeah 2021. I mean,
1: 2021.
2: Even then. though. Yeah. Hmm. That's a that's a even then. No, 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 no. 20 for 2021. It's the best story so far. This is an extremely first spicy take,
0: and I love it. I'm, I'm here for this take. Uh, but we'll come back to that. Uh, Campbell, I'm going to throw it to you. What, what have you. what have you been playing that you've been like, I love this game on Switch?
1: This might be cheating a bit because it's not an entirely original Switch game, but it is a game that came to Switch this year and that I fell in love with for the first time on Switch. And that's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. So... In my times on the podcast before i've been a bit outspoken in terms of my opinions on 3d world i never really loved it all that much as some other people did i i loved galaxy i loved those ambitious 3d style mario games that it just they had this scope and scale that 3d world seemed to lack because of how linear and compact its levels were but then i played it on switch It had just a few quality of life enhancements such as increased character speed, the ability to play portably, and I just fell in love with it beyond what I had expected to. And it was even better because of the, all the new content that they added onto it with Bowser's Fury, which even though this is a game from 2013, the new stuff makes it feel like a new experience altogether because Bowser's Fury adds an open-ended world to explore alongside the strictly linear, level-based, world map-focused style A 3D World. It's a very unique experience that I, I just... I couldn't get enough of it when I played it. It was probably my biggest surprise of the year, and and I've just loved it. It's definitely one of my favorite games that I've played on the Switch in the past year.
0: I, I think that's more than fair. I, I would consider Bowser's Fury an entirely new game.
1: It really is. It's longer than a lot of games, honestly.
0: It's like, if Bowser's Fury was released as a standalone Mario game... Like, that would be fine. Like, I mm-hmm. like I appreciate that it's bundled in, and, like, they, they're they kind of selling it as, like, if you already have played Mario 3D World, like, you get this extra thing. Like, I, I understand what Nintendo is doing there, but if they sold it as a standalone product, I think it's still 100% worth it. It's really good.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's my point, that I think that just this new thing along with the original game makes a package just more enhanced more well-rounded than it was before such that even if you didn't like the linearity of the original version or if you don't like the structure of the levels you have this open-ended sandbox to explore now such a is a refreshed experience i think it it does count as being part of the best games of the year narrative we talked yeah, about that, this before yeah. on the podcast
2: but um with Bowser's Fury being the extra content, it is definitely the best port of a game to switch with like adding new content. Cause after playing oh, Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles and Pikmin 3, it's just that one, Bowser's Fury is just so solid. It is so yeah. well
1: executed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was just tacked onto it like Xenoblades did. Instead, it feels like, like you said, Cameron, it could very easily have been sold as a $20 expansion or standalone game. Honestly, the more I,
0: I just came up with that right now. Like, it wasn't like, that's not a, a concept I was thinking on. I'm shocked that Nintendo hasn't done that.
1: Honestly, I think it would be fantastic, because even when you boot up the game, it is positioned as a separate experience. The title screen is 3D World or Bowser's Fury. You select between them. So you could e- they could easily just dump it onto the eShop for anybody who just wants to play that. Hmm. Well, I'm ah. still at Nintendo's headquarters, so I'll tell Doug that for the next business strategy. Just,
0: <laughs> just let him know. Like, next time, you know, if you pass them in the hallway, if you pass them by the water cooler, just be like, Yo, uh, have you considered <laughs> putting Bowser's Fury as a standalone uh, item I I think they would I think they would appreciate the the input Campbell mm-hmm, for sure um, yeah so I've been enjoying I, I've played a lot of indie games um, lately for for the switch boomerang X was up there for me and overboard was up there for me as well two games that have gotten pr- pretty pretty decent Metacritic reviews but also I personally thought they were very very good as well boomerang X. Very indie, published by Devolver, first-person boomerang ninja simulator, extremely good. And Overboard, almost the opposite in some ways, a a kind of Agatha Christie-esque murder mystery kind of game, but you're the murderer, so you're trying to get away with murder. Highly recommend both of those games. Um, Even though they're indie games, like, well worth the time and the effort, not... Short games by any means, like you, you feel like you get a lot for what they are, and they they both have really great replayability. That, that that's something that's kind of stuck with me this year. Is like especially in regards to something like Bowser's Fury, replayability is especially as more and more games get delayed due to COVID, due to you know industry machinations. I'm, I'm finding myself returning to a lot of indie games that I've been playing or a lot of or even you know the the big budget games the triple A stuff it's like yeah i want to be able to to put a little more time into this i want to revisit this in a different way and um both overboard and boomerang x have that in spades so i don't know those are some stuff that i've super super enjoyed and i i hope that more people get to play them um they 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 seem to be as, as far as any games go those seem to be some of the the top of the list style of uh of game like they're they're pretty well reviewed as far as indie games go but i really hope that more people get the chance to to check them out as as the year goes on and i hope these indies don't get buried you know as as more of the high profile nintendo stuff comes out this fall i guess that's my main you know my main concern is that like as the fall goes on you get more and more like fully nintendo stuff and i'm afraid that some of these indie games you know just might drop off the radar so i'm just trying to kind of bring bring more attention to that you know what i mean
1: and speaking of indie games that might go under the radar or have gone under the radar, we got to talk about Cyber Shadow as well because that yeah, was an indie that I that I absolutely adored, but it came out back in January and it feels like at this point yeah. it's been kind of left behind in terms of the narrative recently, especially because it released like 1 month before Mario 3D World. So there've yeah. been so many other big games that have dominated the discussion, but Cyber Shadow definitely deserves a shout out, because it is one of the best indie games of this year, even as we're more than halfway through it. Published by Yacht Club Games, one of their first big games that they're publishing on their own, continuing their trend of creating these really faithful, hardcore, and yet still fair retro experiences. It's a brutal game. Like, it's easily the most difficult game I've played this year as well, but oh so satisfying at the same time. It's a lovely package, that if you enjoy shovel knight, you want a challenge. You want something that captures the spirit of Ninja Gaiden in terms of the difficulty, the challenge, the the story that it tells, the the abilities, the gameplay, all that kind of stuff. It's such a robust and satisfying experience. I can't I can't praise it enough. It was so fun to play through. It was one of the best games I reviewed for this year for sure. Sure.
0: Well, and to 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 bring it back around to, to replayability, that's one of those games that absolutely has replayability in mind. I. I, I uh... mm-hmm. I know on Switch the Switch doesn't have like an achievements list or anything like that, but I know on Steam and on other other platforms there's a lot of achievements for Cyber Shadow that are like play the game in under, you know, whatever it is, 3 hours or something like that. And there's all these all these extra collectibles and secrets and stuff to find. Like there's a there's a ton to do in that game. So if you're a fan of old school uh you know, you you specifically mentioned Ninja Gaiden, but like Mega Man or like any of those old school NES games, Like, this game has a ton of secrets to uncover that are in that style, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. And it's worth calling out that they manually put all those achievements into the Switch version as well. They created their own... Oh, yes, the Feats list. Exactly, the Feats list. And those are brutal in their own right as well. Not just finishing the game in three hours, but things like defeating this boss without defeating any of the millions of small enemies around it, or only using this item to finish this level, or not getting hit during this boss battle. They are brutal and absurd and i'm not sure if you want to do all of the things that the game has to offer if you if you value your own mental health really but there is so much (laughs) to do in the end of it so it if you want a versatile package something if you got a, a strain of masochism in you you can definitely satisfy that with cyber shadow
0: yeah i think that's i think that's very fair what a great game and uh shout outs to ourselves uh we interviewed the uh Mm-hmm. Oh boy, what's Celia's official title? Celia Schilling, um, marketing yeah, was manager, I believe. Marketing manager, thank you. Yeah, we interviewed mm-hmm. Celia Schilling, uh, marketing manager of Cyber Shadow, right around when the game came out back in January. So make sure you check out that episode, because honestly, that was a great interview. We really enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. She
2: was just um, on uh, IGN. I believe this oh, week right. they were reacting to a, a speedrun of the game, and someone completed it in like 50 minutes. what
0: incredible yeah so shout outs to celia what a what a what a great guest and uh yacht club what a great company um what else is in the mix here for for games of the year um just pulling up our little list here i'll throw in an indie
2: game just for the hell of it which is labyrinth city talked about it not too long ago it was really good especially for a a book adaptation, which I feel like we rarely ever see for video games. Mm -hmm. It was just so interesting to see a picture book adapted into that style.
0: Yeah, that's it's one of those games where we we mentioned on the podcast maybe two or three weeks ago, but it looks unbelievably beautiful. It looks literally like a picture book or a storybook come to life. It's incredibly animated, incredibly drawn, beautiful puzzle game. You've probably seen this game on any number of Nintendo Directs or Indie Directs over the last year or so. It looks really, really good and very striking art direction. Um, and Mark reviewed that for the site, and it, he just he just loved it. So it's like if you like this kind it's of really game, good. Yeah, yeah. If you like this kind of game, this this seems to be the you know put it on the list. Put it on the Game of the Year list. Why not? Mm. Um, I'm I'm just kind of scrolling through the list that we have here. Uh, new Pokemon Snap, I unfortunately haven't had the chance to check out the the DLC that dropped for that game yet, but I can't wait to do so. Uh, it's a game I super enjoyed. Um, I didn't review it for the site. I think Brent did. Is that right? Yes, he did. Yeah, so New Pokemon Snap uh, for the Switch. People love that game. I've been enjoying it. I don't think I have the same amount of love for it that other people do, but it's been great, and I, I'm... I'm completely surprised and excited that Nintendo decided to drop free DLC for that game.
1: I was gonna say, kudos to the Pokemon company for doing that when at the same time they also release the same game twice every time rather than creating sort of DLC or anything so it's definitely a rarely consumer friendly move from them
0: Oh, I see what you mean. You mean in terms of having two different versions of the mainline mainline Pokemon game? Yeah, 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 yeah Um so, you know, they got to throw us a bone every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can't wait to check that out and see what they've added. Um, you guys both reviewed the two stories that were in Famicom Detective Club.
2: So good. Uh, it's fantastic. I wouldn't put it on Game of the Year, but uh, it was really good. You know
1: what? I would, though, honestly. because oh, really? well, Maybe
2: The Girl Who Stands Behind, yeah. because it was more, um, you know, like, technically advanced than... Uh,
1: the missing hair. In a way, but I wouldn't call it just technically advanced. Hold on, did but the you story... say the,
0: mis- the missing hair? The missing hair. Okay, I thought you said the missing <laughs> hair. I was like, uh, did the guy suddenly go bald? Like, what's going on? I'm pulling my hair out right now. <laughs> you <say> that. I'm pulling <laughs> the missing hair. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry, go ahead, Campbell.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't say that The Girl Who Stands Behind is just more technically advanced, although it does have a lot of really cool set pieces for a visual novel style game. It also has just a really well told story that definitely balances between being full on supernatural ghost story and gritty real world murder mystery that builds up into this really complicated narrative by the end of it with so many wrinkles and twists and turns to the point that it builds up into this just like, mind-blowing conclusion, honestly, to where it's worse and at the same time better than you could have imagined by the time you start the game. It's a immensely satisfying title for that reason. And at the end, also, not just because the game itself is good, but... A- but the the fact that Nintendo put this out to begin with, that they're taking this previously Japan-only Famicom-exclusive game and giving it such a lush coat of paint with these beautiful animations and uh, artistic improvements with it, but they're also just localizing it for the first time as well. It's really a wonderful thing to see from Nintendo, and it's one of my biggest surprises of the year and one of my most enjoyable experiences reviewing it.
0: Yeah, I... I, uh, I'll be honest, I don't know if I'll have the time to get to this game before the years end. Like, I, I mm-hmm. do enjoy visual novels. I I love the idea of retro games being ported to Switch. So, t- to me, the... I, again, I, I don't know if I'll be able to have, the, have the time to, to put into this game, but I, I'm right there with you, Campbell. I think the concept that they took this, you know, completely out of left field, this game that I had never heard of from 30 years ago, and decided to port it to Switch with with completely brand new assets and stuff. I think is incredible. So it's like I, I would support putting this game on a on a Game of the Year list for that concept alone. If if it means this level of care and attention to to uh, older games, you know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. It's not something that you see Nintendo do all the time, because they're more prone to put three random Super Nintendo games on Switch Online, rather than oh remake or re-release games with the, the love and care that they deserve the way that the Famicom games got. Right.
0: Well, we haven't even talked about the, the latest batch of uh, games that came out of the the, the NES. And that's for no, the best. The, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. yeah <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's fine. Um, Claymates, baby. God, I, I can't even talk about it. Um, what else on here? What else on this list of of potential Game of the Year contenders? I know Campbell reviewed Olesia. I was going to bring was that up. That, we, Yeah, was that a Devolver game or no?
1: It was, yeah, and it came out around the same time as Cyber Shadow, so just like that game, got a bit lost in the shuffle, but while I don't think it it will earn a spot at the top of Game of the Year list in general, I think in terms of a Best Indies list, it's definitely among the standout releases of the year. Right. It's a bit in the same vein as Cyber Shadow in terms of it being a retro-inspired action platformer, but it's a bit more exploration-focused, more... Focus on building this really dense, just atmosphere in terms of mystery and intrigue with it. It's a completely wordless or voiceless game where you do have subtitles, but every character speaks in this bizarre gibberish. You have this weird story that keeps getting more mythical and leaves a lot to interpretation. And the gameplay is focused at the same time on speed and on exploration and experimentation. You have this harpoon that you can use to latch from one side of the stage to the other and zip around creating both versatile exploration and puzzle solving, as well as frenetic combat. There's a lot to love in it. So if you enjoy those kinds of action platformers, I definitely recommend giving it a shot.
0: Yeah, I... That that type of game is exactly my jam. Like, the 2D pixelated... Like, oh, oof, like that's, that's my... That's it right there. Like, mm-hmm. if I could only play that style of game i would be fine like you know
1: mm-hmm. and it is beautifully created as well the animations are super fluid and lush and i especially love the way the main character has this like a lanky animation with his arms flailing around whenever he's climbing up a ladder or jumping over an enemy and the cutscenes as well are these really lush pixelated presentations that it's just a feast for the eyes whenever you're playing it so long as you do enjoy these kinds of pixelated games
0: yeah, I, I uh yeah, hopefully, I don't know, I, I'm going to try to get into that game before the year is out cuz it does seem like my, my 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 speed um
2: you know, I don't know if this would count, but it was um Poyo Tetris 2. Oh, Poiyo hmm. Tetris 2. Yeah. That was in December of 2020, but you know, typically games that come out in December are
0: counted towards 2021. Yeah, I kind of like the Oscars, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I, know, I guess, I'd the, say I, guess
0: so. I should take it back. I should say the opposite of the Oscars because the Oscars tries to tries to get it in as close to the actual ceremony as possible. So this is kind of like the reverse of that. Um, yeah, yeah, but that game a, was really good. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had. Uh, you more know, what you did there, play that. No. You didn't mention
2: Pac-Man '99. Ah, oh, love it. So good. That one
1: was really good. Honestly, yeah. serious game of the year contender right there. So good. So good. A mastery and again game development for sure. A
0: completely <laughs> unexpected drop. Like I love it when they just drop a game. It's like, hey, this is super intense. It might not be very complicated, but like you're gonna play tons of hours of it. I, I think that was a great move. And and what a what a great unexpected surprise for everybody with a with an NES online subscription. Like it was it was great. Yeah, I, I don't know. What else What else is out there that's like, oh man, if this isn't in the mix at the end of the year, I'm going to be mad. Or are we kind of like holding out hope for, for Metroid Dread and, and things to come this fall? Holding out. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, because the, I think so. I mean, yeah. the indies, the upcoming slate of indies, there's one game I want to talk about, but I can't right now. Sure. But um, there's a lot of great stuff
0: coming out in like the next two, three weeks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I believe it. Well, in that case, we could probably wrap up this discussion on games that have come out on the Switch that are great so far is what I'm unofficially titling this segment. Yeah, there's, there's, like, ah, boy, there's always so much that gets lost in the shuffle as we, it's kind of been a running theme of, like, hey, don't forget about this game, don't forget about that game. Like, even even Super Mario 3D World, I'm like, oh, yeah, that came out six months ago. Like, I, I keep forgetting about that game, even though I, I, I dip back into it every, I don't know maybe once a month or so, just to, just to kind of get my fix. It's like, yeah, that came out in 2021. That came out this year. So obviously there's a, a ton of games to consider as we hurdle towards the end of the year and into a new one. But obviously there's a lot more to look forward to as well because 2021, despite the looming presence of the COVID-19 pandemic, has been a pretty great year for Nintendo, all things considered. And we didn't even mention Skyward Sword HD, like, a very worthy port, and a good game in its own right. Like, I don't know if it'll be topping any Game of the Year list, but it's still really, really good. Like, just, that's the baseline we're dealing with here, you know what I mean?
1: It is definitely topping my Game of the Year list, for sure. I'm calling it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, fair. It's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we'll probably table that discussion, and we'll come back to it, obviously, either in December or early January when, we were, when we we're talking about Games of the Year for 2021. But uh, we're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. The, I should say we. I say the I. I want to do a quick indie spotlight before we kind of wrap it up here. The Royal We. The Royal We. I, I am Queen Victoria. Uh, the Royal We. So, a, a while back, uh, oh boy, who was it? Was it Marty on the website who, who wrote our article about The House of Fata Morgana being the top game of Metacritic? Um, Sometime. Some, it some it might have been mad. I, I can't remember. I'm just going to quickly take a look at the website here. So, a, a while back on Goomba Stomp. One of our staff writers wrote a, a little piece about the House in Fata Morgana, a visual novel that for a brief period of time was the highest ranking game on Metacritic, uh, which I think started as like I think it started with a couple of really good reviews and then it kind of snowballed into this into this thing of like, oh, this is the best game on Metacritic. It's, uh, I'm going to dispel some illusions here. I don't think it's necessarily the best game I've ever played. It is a visual novel. If you don't like visual novels, you will not like this game. But it's been pretty, pretty, it was on sale maybe a week or two ago. And I finally was like, well, okay, I got to at least check it out. It's the highest, it's the highest ranked game on Metacritic. It's how bad could it be really? And even to this day, it still commands a very high ranking um, here's what I'll say. I've only put maybe two hours into it. I'm barely scratching the surface of the story. So far, I'm enjoying what it is for what it is. I, I, I think, I mean, we talked about Famicom Detective Love in the last, in the last segment. I think you kind of have to review a game on its own merits. If, if you're coming into uh, Fatima Morgana being like, I can't wait for the most action-packed experience on the Switch, it's like, you're gonna be disappointed because it's just not that game. It is a game where you read text and press the A button to progress through that text, and that's it. Like, there is... There's no deception here,
1: guys. It's a visual novel. Um, But how does it feel to press A and read that text? (laughs) What's the experience um, of ingesting that text like?
0: Listen, it's, it's good so far. I'm... I'm anticipating a few twists and turns. So what this game is, is a, is a collection of stories. And all of the stories are set in the, the titular house in Fata Morgana, an allegedly cursed mansion. It's very, um, if you guys have checked out The Haunting of Hill House or The Haunting of Bly Manor, those Netflix shows, it's very much that kind of thing. Or it's like, it's a couple of stories throughout different periods in time set in the same location so that's that's kind of what we're dealing with here and so far it's well written there's some stuff where i'm like okay it feels like they're setting up just only because i've read you know as as campbell mentioned at the top of the show you know as a literature major i feel like oftentimes with especially with visual novels in particular you can kind of see where a story is going like if you're familiar with the structure of narrative like you can kind of see where things are going so, I'm I'm curious to see whether or not this game subverts some tropes that I'm expecting. Uh, I guess I'll report back if it does or does not. Because again, I've only I've only read a tiny bit, and I'm saying read, not played. I've only read a tiny bit of this game, so I'm I'm you know, curious to see where it goes. Uh, the art is really good. Um, uh, it's it's like very anime esque, uh, very detailed character models so far there is a little bit of music it's fine it's not blowing my mind or anything but it's like the these kinds of games generally have some background music going as you're playing to just to just to kind of keep you know keep things interesting and so far it's fine and again it's not it's not completely blowing me away it's you know it's talk about persona five strikers it's nothing like that it's just like decent music stuff that you can read and not get distracted by so I don't know I I'll report back whether or not this game truly deserves to be at the top of Metacritic, but I I feel like it was worth mentioning, you know, it's, it's the game, it's the, the pre game of the year discussion. So I feel like I have to at least sample the highest rated game or one of the top rated games on Metacritic just, just to be able to participate in the conversation. So, so I don't know. I'll let you guys know if it's, uh, if it, what am I trying to say? If it's, uh, exceeds what expectations. It, exceeds it thank you so much that, that's the phrase i was looking for if it exceeds expectations so far i'm expecting like a pretty good visual novel and it is it is that so far i'm hoping it i'm you know who knows i would love to have my mind blown by a story like I, i'm always i'm always up for that like th- if a game could surprise me with its story that's a win in my book so I, i'll report back if it uh if it hits that mark at some point later in time. Mm-hmm. Um, any other indies we gotta talk about or should we should we call it a day, gentlemen? I can't talk
2: about the indie I want to talk mm-hmm. about. But mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. you will find out what said indie I want to talk
0: about is. The anticipation you know is building. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we gotta we gotta build up a little anticipation for next week. So that being said, I think we'll wrap it up for this week's episode thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've been your host Cameron Daxon. You can find me over on Twitter. I'm at ActionDaxon and some of my most recent writing is on Goombastomp.com. My most recent stuff is a review for Eldest Souls, a very difficult boss rush style action game as well as an interview with the composer of that game, Sergio Ranchetti. Really wonderful music in Eldest Souls. So I feel very fortunate to have uh, been able to send over a list of questions to him to answer and uh, his responses were just truly delightful. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can, of course, find me at
2: the markel and That is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find on GoombaStomp.com. Currently, I have a review for Get Packed, Fully Loaded, which is a new version of Get Packed that originally premiered on Google Stadia. And now it's on consoles. Not a Nintendo game, but you definitely should check it out because it's another great code sync title. And then next week,
1: I will have something good to talk about. <laughs> Thereby implying that Get Packed is not something good. No, 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 Get Packed is great.
0: i'm I'm just saying Uh, next
2: next week i got something really really
0: good to talk about he's got the real the real stuff next week uh campbell what about you where can people find the internet
1: you can find all my real stuff over at goombastop.com you can see my most recent articles being a review of skyward sword hd i absolutely love that game please check out that article as well as a recent indie game spotlight and if you want to keep up with me on social media you can find me on twitter at campbelleskill uppercase csg
0: There you go. And, of course, N-Express is also on Twitter. We are at N-Express Nintendo, the N-Express Nintendo podcast. You know, tweet at us with your suggestions of, uh, I don't know, anything at all, topics you want to hear about, stuff like that. We're on YouTube as well if you prefer to listen to your podcast via YouTube, the N-Express Nintendo podcast. And we are available to rate and review on the podcast platforms of your choice, so make sure you check that out, too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.